and I looked at him and I said, jet ski fishing may be the way to go. Are personal watercraft a fisherman's worst nightmare or best friend? Let's find out on episode 46, brought to you by ReelsandTackle.com. Welcome to the Telltale Fisherman Podcast, where avid anglers share the story of their best fishing day ever to inspire yours. Now it's time for another epic adventure. So here's your host, John Woodson. Okay, welcome to the show. Today's guest is Mike Hale, and he is coming to us from the great state of Georgia. Mike, how you doing, man? Good, John. How are you this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well, thanks, and I'm really happy that we are getting our first uh, epic fishing story from someone in, in Georgia. Um, we've kind of danced all around Georgia, done some Louisiana and uh, and Carolina stories, South and North Carolina and Florida. Obviously, we got that covered, but uh, I've been waiting for a good Georgia story, so I'm I'm excited uh, to hear what you got for us today. But before we jump off into the fishing, uh, why don't we just have you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, my name is Mike. Obviously, I live. Two hours north of Savannah in a town called Augusta. Ah. I know it for the Masters. <laughs> they have a they have a golf course there or something I've heard. Yeah, they have a tournament there once a year that usually brings in a couple of people. Yeah, that's what I hear. <laughs> wow. So do you have to evacuate that time of year or do you hang out and enjoy yeah, the festivities? Usually if you're a local, you want to get the heck out of Dodge. <laughs> I bet, yeah. <laughs> now, do you ever go to the tournament? I actually go every year because uh, my brother-in-law bartends there at the national so he has a full-time job there so we get free passes every year to go oh man i've heard that from the people i know who've gone i've never been fortunate enough to get tickets but um the people i know who have gone have told me that the the grounds and the grass are just beyond immaculate that you have to touch the grass just to believe that it's real it it is definitely an unreal experience john You, you definitely have to make it up and go I would love to do that sometime. That's probably the subject of a whole other uh, podcast, just talking about Augusta. But um, today we will keep it to the fishing. But you, um, obviously, living in Augusta, you're not quite on the uh, on the saltwater there, but you do some saltwater and freshwater fishing? Absolutely. Anything from Clarksville Lake right here above Augusta, all the way down the Savannah River to Tybee Island, where the river actually runs into the ocean. Okay. I pretty much have touched every square inch of the water from Augusta to the coast. There you go. How And so how long does it take you to get to saltwater to do that kind of fishing? Um, If I'm going on a jet ski just on the river, it's about four and a half hours. Oh, wow. If I'm in a car, it's two hours and 15 minutes. Okay. So have you done that run all the way down there in a the jet ski to go fishing? I, I have. Uh, my cousin and I, we both got into this around the same time, and that's one of those trips that I always said we, we wanted to make. Because after you get past South Augusta, that's the last lock and dam, mm-hmm. and everything south of that, you can just cruise on through. Okay, so yeah, let's let's talk about this then. So one of the things that I was uh, really drawn to when I saw your Instagram account was that you are really getting into this jet ski fishing. So let's let's just take a step back and have you tell us, you know, how you kind of got the impetus for doing this. And then, you know, let's talk about how you actually rig up and 
go about doing some of that because that's that's kind of wild. It it all started when we got into kayak fishing, mm-hmm. and after a, a day of fighting the waves, loading and launching on Tybee Island, I said, "There's got to be a better way <laughs> where I don't want to kill myself." Right. <laughs> and, and after fighting the current, and I was beat from kayak fishing and oh, paddling, yeah. and I and I looked at him and I said. Jet ski fishing may be the way to go. I said, it's up close and personal, one-on-one, just like a kayak, right. but without the headache of actually worrying about something flipping over on you. Mm-hmm. So after that, we made a pack. I buy one, you buy one. And <laughs> there you go. After that, that's all she wrote. Is that, no turning back after that. You're committed. Absolutely not. So you got a jet ski, and now your closest uh, waters are obviously the the freshwater. So is, did you start out that way, going out and trying it out freshwater fishing? Yeah, the Savannah River from where I'm at is two and a half miles from where I live. So okay. there's a nice boat boat launch ramp right there. So the first time I got it in, in prototype stages, I was trying to figure out a good wrecking system. So back and forth the river to my house, I would go. One mm-hmm. after the other. So fishing on the river there is much easier than the ocean. And I said, if I can figure it out here, I can figure it out on the ocean, you know? <laughs> yeah, they, that's not bad thinking to get that squared away before you uh, go hit the big pond and the in the big waves. Absolutely. So, so first, I, I got to ask, first time you go down to the the boat ramp, and uh, you've got a, you've got a uh, a personal watercraft there, and I'm assuming you've got rod holders and all kinds of fishing paraphernalia sticking off of it. I have a rack with a uh, four rod holders, a gaff holder, a net holder, and a forty quart cooler on the back. Oh man! So were you were you getting some funny looks that first time? Yeah, it's not your typical bass tracker by any means. No, <laughs> but it'll sure fly across the water like one. But they knew I meant business. <laughs> yeah. When for I sure. had my when I had my fresh fish, like my uh, blue herring live fish that I was putting in my cooler, and then I got on my jet ski and I took off and I left. You know, I mean, it's it's an unreal experience. Wow. So uh, obviously on on freshwater there, you, you know, normally when you go out on the river like that, you're fishing for bass or or catfish. What what type of fish were you doing? You know, when you were first learning at experiment. Where, where we are is uh, it backs up to pretty nice sized lake in uh, Clark's Hill, mm-hmm. and, and there's a dam that backs up, and they generate there every day. So we, we fish with blue herring. Yeah, we hook them, and then we're fishing for striped bass. Oh, and there's okay. some striped bass out there that'll drag you around. <laughs> and when you're on a kayak or a, a personal watercraft, it is it's a fun fight. Let me just put it that way. Oh, I bet so. I'm just trying to picture how you, you know, would get in position and and how you fish for this. So do you actually like turn around backwards and kind of fish off the back? So d- depend depending on the current, especially in the river, how how steady the water's flowing depends on how I anchor. If it's coming one way, I anchor on my left side and I fish off the right side to kind of balance out. Okay. So I'm not tilting one way or another. But the ski that I got is more than stable enough to put both feet on one side and fish off of okay so unless i'm trolling i'm never really fishing off the back right okay and yeah and so what is it like to uh troll off the back of that can you can you get two lines going at once two poles off the back or you kind of just have to troll one rod to keep them from tangling right now it's one rod yeah there's there's a system that i'm looking at implementing to where i can put two rod holders up on the front (laughs) pole and that'll that'll allow you to troll two and get the get it out a little further but right now 
one is kind of where I'm at. Well, I I can't wait till till you put the pictures up of you with uh, big offshore outriggers like hanging off the side of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I thought? I thought about doing something like that. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah. Well, I bet you can do pretty well trolling in the current in the river there uh, for fish. No doubt. I mean, uh, stripers are amazing there. Um, I don't know if you've seen my. Uh, Instagram page, those long nose gar are everywhere out. Ah, and and, th- and those are fun to hook on and catch. And and do they usually? I I, I assume you're maybe. Do you troll with crankbaits or what, what are you using when you go trolling? No, we're, we're actually trolling with live baits, but we're, oh, okay. we're more, it's more like drift fishing than trolling. Yeah, yeah, okay. Th- those big gar will come up and pop the same baits that the uh, that the stripers do, huh? Yeah, usually you'll catch the gar when you're catfishing and you, you're cutting up a herring in half because they, oh, they yeah. like the easier prey to where they don't have to chase it down. Yeah, and so you've got the anchor thing kind of figured out so the boat doesn't get too tippy, it sounds like. Right, right. I, I'm anchoring off the front so it's not drowning me from the back. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That is really cool. So obviously you've kind of got it figured out in in freshwater so tell me about your uh, saltwater excursions on that uh, on that PwC so, so we started off on the completely wrong time of year with this Thanksgiving the day after Thanksgiving instead of going Black Friday shopping my cousin and I who you'll see in, in my Instagram post we, we, we took a trip down to Tybee Island mm-hmm. and mind you it's the day after Thanksgiving it's probably mid 50s and cloudy Ooh, yeah and we, we bundle up in our you know, frog fall rain suits, and we're we're heading out on the coast. You know, we're we're wanting to get out there. We're so excited. <laughs> In, instant, instantly, probably <laughs> five ten minutes into it, we're like, this is not regular river fishing. The the water's a lot choppier. We don't know where we're going. For one, I mean, <laughs> yeah. So it so the, the infancy stages were really difficult <laughs> because I mean we we were using freshwater tactic on yeah. a huge body of water and it was it was very overwhelming yeah so you had a chance to uh get back that way yet or no so after that trip i told myself i said i'm not getting back on the ocean unless i have a gps unit waypoint finder and a fish finder depth finder on my jet ski yeah i ordered one that night had it then two days later and i had that joker installed and so after that we made another trip down to go fishing for sheep's head Mm -hmm. off the reef yeah because about seven miles off, there's a reef, like a man-made reef yeah. called the Savannah Reef. And we went out there and went sheep's head fishing. And I'll tell you what, the right instruments make the world a difference. <laughs> yeah, it, I bet so. And so you, you did pretty good that day? Yeah, that, that day, the water temperature was about 52. Mm-hmm. So the fish activity wasn't great, but, but we caught five or six that day. That we yep. actually brought home. Nice. It, it wasn't the monsters that I was looking for, but it was it was definitely fish on a jet. And and most importantly, you made it back home after that first sea trial. So that's that's even a bonus there. <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. As I was going out, I kept you know nervously looking at my waypoints. Yeah. And coming back, it was just, it was the easiest pie coming back. Oh man. So it sounds like you're you're getting it dialed in now and ready to uh, branch out and hit some more spots now oh there's no doubt we've uh i've loaded probably 30 or 40 waypoints from Tybee, which is the north part of the coast all the way down to almost jacksonville that we're going to try to hit this spring excellent so i'm, I'm really looking forward to that oh yeah so uh, so so far you were kind of bottom fishing out there on that spot are any uh thoughts of doing some offshore trolling for kingfish and 
all that kind of good stuff? They do have a cobia run yeah. right around mid-April, mm-hmm. early May, and we're definitely going to be on top of that. There you go. So cobia, and then um, they have a small tarpon run. We're not really known for tarpon up here, mm-hmm. but around that same time, our redfish and red snapper are running along probably two miles off the shore. So that, that's going to be another venture we're going to look into. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the great thing about that system you've got set up there is uh, you're going to spend just a fraction of the gas that uh, everybody with the big boats is going out after those uh, guys. And uh, and provided that the seas aren't too rough, you'll be able to zip out there and get to them pretty quick. Yeah, the, the seven-mile ride out to the reef, it took us about 15 minutes, Yeah, which, is, which on, a, on a boat is pretty good going oh. out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I would I would expect if you get out there on the right day and have some pretty calm seas, then you could be you could be running circles around some of the boats that uh, people go out there on. Absolutely. All right. Well, when we get back, Mike is going to share an epic freshwater jet ski fishing story with us. So stay tuned. If I could use only one bait for inshore saltwater fishing, it would have to be the flats jig. It is extremely versatile and different weights of jig heads can be used to fish from depths of just a few inches all the way down to several feet, and it catches all the target species. Just attach a swim bait, get that tail thumping, and the fish are sure to follow. Go to tell.fish gear to check out the flatch jigs that we like the best. Okay. We are back with Mike Hale and talking about this uh, really cool new style of fishing he's getting into there on the uh, on the back of a jet ski. And I understand uh, you've had you have a pretty epic story for us today that involves uh, jet ski fishing. Is that right? Absolutely. All right. Well, just you know, kind of tell us where you're fishing and what happened that day. So th- this is a, in a little town called Athens, Georgia. Okay. Home of the University of Georgia. That's kind of that's where I was born and raised. Okay. Yeah. So right out, right outside of Athens is the Oconee River. runs from Athens down to Lake Oconee, and it's known for your white bass, largemouth bass, and catfish. Mm-hmm. So a tradition every year before fall hits is my cousin and I, we go fishing up there together. Mm-hmm. And generally we would go in kayak. Okay. So we know the river pretty well. Right, right. So so we start at one stretch, we work our way down the bank, and about five minutes in, he pulls in a bass. As soon mm. as he does that, I pull in a bass. Yep. For the next two two hours, I kid you not, we were catching one every three to four minutes. Anywhere from, you know, a pound and a half to he caught one that was right at four and a half pounds. Oh nice. So we ended the day catching probably forty five to fifty bass. Oh My man. Mom, and you, I've never caught that many bass in my life. Not yeah. at one time. It's it's more like a brim. It's more like a brim or crappy story that you would see <laughs> yeah. forty or fifty of anything. But but it was largemouth bass. Wow. It it was absolutely largemouth bass, and and it, and it boggled my mind because one, it hadn't rained in forever, and the water was as clear as day. Mm-hmm. So they had to have seen us coming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to but to pull them up was unreal and, and that day we were using i don't know if you've ever used trick worms but yeah, we were using yeah. the bubblegum colored trick worms with no weight or anything on them and just popping them off the bank and just kind of letting them float down and i don't know what it is about that day but they were eating them alive wow so 
you know, we were talking before in the in the first half of the show about how you anchor up when you're fishing in on the um, on the Savannah River. Is, is that what you were doing here? You kind of positioned in one spot and anchored up, or were you drifting different spots? You know, where were you getting on these fish? The Oak County, where we were fishing, the movement of the water is so slow that you don't have to really anchor up anywhere. If you just okay. kind of position yourself in the middle, it'll yeah. drift you down at probably one and a half miles an hour, if that. Wow. So, okay. I mean, it, it's perfect for cast fishing and, and trolling behind you. But, I mean, it was it's not like the savannah where it's generating the current to where you actually have to straighten out and keep yourself aligned. Right. And, and so were these fish up against the shore? I mean, were you casting up in the shore? Were they out in the middle in the deeper water and you're kind of a jigging for them? What, what was going no, on? They, 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 were pro- they were probably in 18 inches of water. Oh, wow. So, I mean, we were catching them probably four or five feet off the bank that day. Okay. And and you you were mentioning you drift about a mile, mile, half an hour. I mean, were you catching them all up and down the, the bank there, or was it one little spot where they were all concentrated? Honestly, up until it was a probably a two-and-a-half-mile stretch from the bridge where we put in down to the little lock and dam area. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we, we were pulling them in that whole stretch. Wow. It was really only until about halfway on the way back that we stopped catching them. That's so something I guess was going on when they all just got pushed up in that, you know, couple mile stretch you were fishing in. I have no idea. We have been back since and yeah. have caught not a single fish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I sometimes wonder what I would I trade that day when I caught 50 you know, for two days where I catch 25 each? <laughs> or was it better to have that day where you just, you know, caught them off the chart like that? I don't know. But, uh, man, wow. Isn't that crazy how... I mean, at some point you want to shoot for an average, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You're either a hero or a zero, it seems like, when you're getting those results. Famine, right. No doubt. What was your... Yeah, I know with river fishing that conditions can change quite a bit after the rain and you know the water gets turbid and and muddy and whatever was it that kind of a thing was it that much different the other time you went i mean it was the clearly the water wasn't that noticeable and i mean the temperature of the water hadn't changed i mean maybe three or four degrees so i I don't know if it would have affected it that much if you ever figure out the secret of uh how to catch 50 every trip like that and why why they were there then you know, you. I think you got a good future in guiding. <laughs> if, if I was catching that many, John, I, I wouldn't be working full-time doing something else. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, that would be an epic day. And not only that, you got to do it on the jet ski. So, And, and actually, you know, probably because you were on the ski, you could, you know, cover a bigger stretch there and, and were able to catch more fish when they were going off like that than if you had taken the kayak. Oh, there's no doubt. I mean, the maneuverability and, and moving around and jumping to where the hot spots are is one of the biggest keys and takeaways of what I found yeah. fishing on the jet ski to be. It's, it's a it's unreal how you can just pick up and just jet down the water 50 miles an hour and throw the yeah. anchor down and you're ready to roll. I've always, uh, <laughs> being out there on, on my boat, you know, in the summertime and you get all the uh, jet skiers that come out or just zipping all around and uh, driving you nuts while you're trying to fish. I've always just considered them to be water roaches, but you've got me thinking a lot differently now. Maybe maybe I need to think about getting a jet ski here. Trust me, John, I don't like jet skiers either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
If I, if I see one of those, I try to avoid them like the plague. There you go. So you got you got a whole different uh, mindset uh, when it comes to what a jet ski is for. I, I like that much better. <laughs> it, it's a fishing vessel more than a jet ski. <laughs> there you go. There you go, man. Well, before the interview, you had we were just talking a little bit, and you mentioned that uh, you had had a pretty epic uh, offshore day fishing on a on a charter boat one time. If if you got a second, why don't you uh, just tell us about that if you don't mind? So we're going back to 2012. Mm-hmm. October of 2012 was my first wedding anniversary. Okay. My wife knew I was crazy about fishing. Mm-hmm. So she so she set up this fishing trip off the coast of Myrtle Beach for us. Oh, how nice. So, yeah, I know, right? It's, it was wonderful. It was one of the best presents anybody could ever get us. I'm going to make sure my wife listens to this episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, it's a great time. So yeah. what's great about October when we went to Myrtle Beach, the touristy season is over. So it's, oh, okay. it's yeah. you and Louis. There you so go. So we, we got on the I'll probably give him a shout out, Captain Ronnie. Mm-hmm. At, uh, in Myrtle Beach, we went out with him. It was him and his his uh, deckhand, and then us two. Right. So I mean, it was a very intimate one on one fishing trip. Very cool. So this is this is the first time I've ever been offshore at all. Oh, I, okay. I knew I loved coastal fishing, but I grew up in the middle of Georgia, where it was ponds and rivers and lakes. You know. Yeah, absolutely. So. So, so my first experience on saltwater was this day with my wife. So we, we go out by 6.30 in the morning. We start trolling. And we, we hook up on some Spanish mackerel probably within the first hour and a half trolling. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and this is the first salt, saltwater fish that I've caught in a boat not being on the beach. So I, right. I'm, I'm excited. So we're yeah. pulling these, these things in one after the other. We, and, and these things are, I mean, you've caught a Spanish mackerel, I'm sure. They're, they're not yeah. much to them. But they fight really well. Oh, yeah. So I asked you guy, I said, well, what's next? He's like, all right, so we go to a reef. And I, I kept telling him, I said, I want to catch some sharks. Yep. I want to catch a shark. Okay. So he took us off to this reef, and, and, and we start jumping up the water and all this, that, and the other. So we hook on to a, uh, a shark. I couldn't tell you what kind of shark because I was so excited at the time. <laughs> but we pulled this <laughs> We pull this thing in, and I, it, it drags me around. I'm used to catching bass and stripers, and I got probably a 15-pound shark that's pulling like a whale, you know? Yeah, you got I've a little more attitude there. I've never heard drag scream before in my life until that day, and I'm like, this is unreal. I'm I'm hooked, you know? Yeah. So we pull in the first one. She's like, do you want to keep it? I said, heck yeah, I want to keep it. I, I'm going to eat that joker when we get back to the house, you know? <laughs> So we, we keep we keep plugging along. My wife catches one. I catch one. And, and I posted a picture on my Instagram the other day where she was pulling in. I don't know if she had a little sea bass or something on the end of her line. But if you look on the, the uh, POP Coastal page, she caught an octopus that was probably seven foot from one end to the other. Oh, man. <laughs> and that and that joker wrapped around her fish and her line, and it, like, just scared her to death. And I saw that thing. <laughs> and once that joker got in the boat, he was crawling all over the place. Ooh. Yeah, that's they're a little creepy when you see them in person. They're not the uh, cute things you see in cartoons. Oh, there's no doubt. That was the most hideous animal I've probably ever seen in my life. <laughs> So, so did you uh, turn that one into uh, into uh, octopus uh, nuggets, or did that one go bad? You, you know, you know what's crazy? We were wanting to keep that one too. 
you know, because we like calamari and all that. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but they, the the captain actually kept the squid, like the uh, octopus, so we we didn't get to take that one home and eat it. Oh, okay. That that was that was part of the taxes of the day. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. There you go. Uh, so man, got on a. Uh, Sounds like a pretty epic uh, Spanish mackerel bite. And then got your first big shark. Um, yeah, that sounds like a lot of fun. Any any other critters come to play that day? We we, were, we had some barracudas out there, but we never hooked one. Yeah. For whatever reason, he was saying that it's against the law to catch a barracuda and keep it or whatever. <laughs> so hmm. so we, we kind of stayed away from those jokers. Okay. Pretty fun first day out on the ocean then. That, that John, is what really open my eyes to a fish having more strength than you or the ability to pull you instead of you pulling the fish. And that, that's really what opened my eyes to, Hey, I got to get on the ocean. I got a fish out there. Oh yeah. And ever since then I, I've had the itch and that was what, seven years ago, six years ago. Well, and now, now you've got the tool to uh, go out and chase some of that stuff with too. I mean, you get a big cobia or, uh, I mean, you said you even have some tarpon around there and kingfish. I mean, any of those uh, can, I would imagine, pull that jet ski around right proper uh, <laughs> if you get hooked and that, up that on one. one of the things that I've always, well, since I've got it, I've, I'm like, if I hook a big fish, I don't have to have huge line because he can just tow me wherever he's going. I'll wear him yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what I'm, what I'm looking most forward to is when you post that picture of the first fish you catch that's longer than your jet ski. That's going to be epic. Oh, there's no doubt. I, I would love to either pull in like a big grouper or a big tarpon or, or something oh, yeah. that weighs more than I do <laughs> to where I have to hook him up to a rope. Well, Mike, man, that was a really cool couple of stories there and just hearing you share about uh, that jet ski fishing. And uh, as I say, I'm going to be uh, keeping an eye on your Instagram and looking forward to seeing some of the cool stuff you're going to uh, pull pull on side of that boat here in the future. Well, I appreciate it, John. Thank you. Please be sure to follow the Telltale Fisherman on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You'll get sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, notices of new episodes as they go live, and pictures from some of the most epic fishing adventures ever. Check the show notes for details. Thanks. This has been the Telltale Fisherman Podcast. Thanks for sharing another great tale with us. Be sure to check out the show notes page for more info on today's show and the gear we talked about. Keep those lines tight and we'll catch you next time right here on the Telltale Fisherman Podcast.